Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, comment, like, share, all that good stuff so we can make a bigger difference with more people, inspiring them to be more courageous, transforming how we relate to and cure diseases while being empowered in every single situation of life. So thank you for listening. Today is going to be about getting tested for Huntington's disease. So some of you may know that this podcast is about courage, but it was originally started with the intention of curing Huntington's disease by August 2026. And sometimes we talk about Huntington's disease and sometimes we don't. But this one specifically is going to be about getting tested for Huntington's disease and the courage that that takes and the courage to ongoingly deal with the result. So I know some of you who listen are affected by Huntington's disease. I know some of you are in the position where you've been tested and you've found out that you do not carry the gene, you will never get Huntington's disease. I know some of you have been tested and have found out that you will get the gene or that you have the gene, you will get the disease, uh, or you won't because we're going to make sure that damn sure doesn't happen. We're going to do whatever it takes so that uh, we all gene-positive people get the opportunity to live a long, glorious life. And then some of you who I've spoken to over the past you know, month or two um, are contemplating getting tested. I shared a video on my Instagram about this goal that I have. And, uh, you know, it became quite a popular video. It was viewed almost, I think, about 18,000 times across Facebook and Instagram on different pages um, total. And I started getting people reaching out from me from all over the world. Some in Australia, two in Australia, uh, two in the United States, one in Brazil, uh, a few in Canada. And uh, along with the comments that came with it, and I, anyone who reaches out to me around this disease, I'm always happy to have a phone call with them and communicate because I have been tested and I am positive for the gene. I have no active symptoms currently um, that I'm aware of. Although sometimes, you know, I must admit, sometimes I can have a temper and uh, get frustrated and, you know, really express my anger outwardly through being loud or through... Um, you know, like, like reactions, like, like sometimes I feel like I'm not even thinking and I'm reacting and I say something I regret. So although I say I don't have any active symptoms, you know, I don't know, maybe that is a, an active symptom, maybe it's not, but uh, regardless, whether it is or isn't, you know, I think what I can choose to focus on is, is the training of myself to notice this moment where I want to react in life and to pause. Pausing has been a very powerful tool for me to pause and just stay in it before I take any action at all. So, onwards and upwards. Those of you that are listening that are considering getting tested, you know, first of all, I really acknowledge you for the courage it takes to live your life with Huntington's disease in the background. To live the life of being at school or being in your work or being with your family, or being in a relationship while this disease is, is, is kind of around, you know? Whether it's spoken or not spoken, it's probably right on your shoulder and, and you know that it's there. So I acknowledge you for living a life and continuing to be courageous throughout that life, knowing that that disease is there. It's, it could be very easy for you to just, you know, call it quits and to say, fuck this, I'm not going to stay with this disease. I'm not going to work hard. I'm not going to be in a relationship. I'm not going to strive for any goals that I might have. You know, and you'd be justified in doing so. People would probably agree with you and, and you know, they'd pity you. And, and that's, you know, 
To me, that's not the life that I'm committed to living, and that's not the life that I am encouraging you to live. In fact, I'm encouraging you to face it on and continue that amazing courage that you've got. So, for those of you that are considering, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you, and you're really special. You're really, really special. Um, I'm proud of you for this extraordinary, you know, bold choice that you're choosing to make. And, you know, it's a big deal. And one of the things I talk to people about when they're considering being tested is you can't unknow the result. Once you know it, you know it. And you'll never forget it. It will now be this new thing in your life. And so it's important to be aware of that. And I want you to know that I didn't get tested. I found out when I was 18 that my dad had Huntington's disease. I found out because I saw him after not seeing him for three years. He looked drunk. He slurred his words a little bit. And I told my mom that he was on drugs and never wanted to see him again. We didn't have much of a relationship. It wasn't so much that his movement or his slur was what bothered me. It was just that I didn't like him as a person back then. And uh, then she told me about the disease. It changed our relationship. It brought us closer. I didn't see a point of trying to punish him anymore for any mistakes in the past. He already was dealing with the worst hand he could be dealt. So that's neither here nor there. What I'm trying to tell you is when I was 18, I found out I kept it completely secret from everyone who was not my immediate family uh, for the next five, two to four to five years. After that, I felt a little bit more courageous to share to a specific few that I think would understand and not give me pity. That's a very important thing. Guys, I want you to get sympathy versus empathy. Don't sympathize with people. Empathize with people. Being sympathetic is being like, poor you, that sucks for you. It creates distance, separation. Anyone who's like that with me, to be honest, it just it fires me up. That's where the temper wants to, you know, wants to come up. But for you to empathize with someone is to say, I feel what you're feeling. I get it. I get you. Man, that must be terrible. Not man, that must be terrible for you. That must be terrible. I'm going to try to be in your shoes for a second. I'm going, to, I'm going to feel what you're feeling. Let's feel that together. That connects us. That empowers us. That takes us to a place of strength. Sympathy, pity, those things separate us. It suggests that person over there has got it harder than me or maybe they don't have the tools that I have and that doesn't help anybody. Okay. I want you to notice that when you're having your conversations with anybody and how easily we start to say things like, oh, that sucks for you. I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. It's like, no, 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 that doesn't help anyone. Okay, don't, don't act like that. Listen, listen to people, ask them questions. Get in their world. Don't solve their problems. People don't want their problems to be solved. They want to be heard. A lot of us have all the tools we need to solve our own problems. They just want to be heard. They want to be understood. They want to be connected to, like there's a team behind them. Okay, and I'm on your team whether you're getting tested or not, or whether you want to improve in your courage, really, that's what I'm on your team for, is to, to support you in being more courageous or, and courageous in a new way. Not just more courageous, but courageous on a, in a new way that maybe was unforeseen to the way you looked at life in the past. So, found out I was 18. 
started to tell a few people around 22, 23, uh, but still was very scared I would be judged. You know, I was very scared um, that I would be, you know, that people would sympathize with me or that people would show pity on me. That frustrated me a lot, and I did not want any of that. It was already hard enough to deal with it alone, at doing deal with it alone, but to deal with it, well, I tell the people, and then they separate separatize themselves from me. Don't think that's a word, but I'm using it anyway. They separate themselves from me. Um, that would make it even that much harder because I would feel more isolated. That was a big concern for me that I would feel really isolated. Um, after that, you know, I still. I, I came with the context that I did have the disease, that I would eventually get it. I was pretty certain that that would be the case. Um, but it was definitely not obviously tested for yet. Later on, I took a few personal professional development courses. Some of these courses um, really transformed my view of the disease. It shifted me from, oh, shit, I have this disease. Oh, screw this. Oh, I can't have a partner. Why get married? Why go after my dream job? Why bother? It's all going to be taken from me anyways. Two, guess what? Right now you got no symptoms. There's nothing actually happening to you at all. There is a possibility. There is a potential future. However, that's in the future. It's not right now. It's not right now. But that to me before was a concept. A lot of us think in concepts, meaning um, it's like a, uh, it's like a vision. Ah, it's hard to explain. But like, it transformed where it literally was real for me. Before it was a concept that, oh no, this is all going to fall apart and screwed. That was real for me that, you know, eventually I would, I would lose all these abilities and be terrible. Now, it's still very much a possibility. However, what's really happening right now, I'm more present and grounded in what's going on with me right now. And uh, that's allowed me to go for things that I really want, you know, and, and shift my context. However, still not the level to get tested i didn't feel i was confident enough to get tested by the way you guys if you don't have a coach go out there and get a coach i've had relationship coaches i got a business coach i've got you know life coaches in the past i'm always looking for new coaching and mentorship get yourself a coach get yourself in a program that's going to train and develop you in some way life throws off all these curveballs if you can be armed with some tools and some skills that you can support and grow from the ability of a coach do that. Get on that. Get on that train. Um, so, where was I? Did some coaching. I now was ninety-five percent sure I can handle the result of finding out about the disease. I was super sure I could deal with it, but not a hundred percent. I still had this five percent thought that if I went and got tested, it would lead to me killing myself or spiraling down a very dangerous track of life. I felt that I would have this, you know, no reason for living kind of mindset. And that really freaked the hell out of me. So I talked to a friend of mine. I talked to someone I really trusted, someone who was with me in one of these programs. And, and you know, I shared about Huntington's disease with. And, and they said to me, if you, you're scared about this result, you know, you're scared you're not going to be able to handle it, right? Which I said, yeah. And she said, well, let me ask you. If it's a positive result, if you have the gene, positive meaning I'm a gene carrier, will you be able to deal with it? And I said, yeah. Yeah, I'll be able to deal with it. And she said, okay. So what are you going to do? 
And I said, I'm going to hang up the phone and I'm going to call UBC, University of British Columbia, and book my appointment to get tested. Because I did really want to know. And now I knew that I would be okay. And those were the questions that were unanswered for me. I always knew I wanted to know, but the question I wasn't sure about, will I be okay? And, you know, really, for those of you getting tested, you're just going there to find out information. You know, finding out's not going to mean you're suddenly going to get a drug that's going to stop it. It's going to be new information, information you can't take back. So ask yourself this, positive or negative result, will you be okay? And if you will be okay, I think you'll be in good shape. I think you can go ahead and take that test. But if you have a bit of a doubt behind it, work through that doubt first. There's no rush. Take the time to work through that doubt. And so after I booked my test, I went and I found out, found out that I was positive for the gene. It was a very, you know, scary experience. I, uh, it's about a, it was about a three-month process of going through counseling. Uh, not really going through counseling, but seeing a counselor, them discussing with me, you know, why do you want to find out? Are you really ready? All those kinds of things. Taking uh, some mental and physical health tests. Uh, you know, questionnaires, that sort of thing, the blood test to find out, and then eventually the actual day of result. So it's about a three-month process or so. I love that it was a three-month process. I thought it was very good. You know, it gave me a chance to back out if I wanted to. Um, if you don't know, you can also get your results sealed. You could do the whole test and then have the results sealed so you can find out sometime if you really want to. Um, at any time, literally until the moment they give you the result, you can say, no, I don't want to know. So that's always available. It's important to know that. Um, but uh, I went through that process. Throughout that process, I was concerned about the questionnaire. I was very frustrated about the questionnaire because it, uh, you know, it asks you things like, do you ever wake up feeling, you know, very sad? You know, have you ever had thoughts of suicide? You know, these are questions I would have answered yes to. Uh, do you ever question a reason for living? Yes. You know, all those things were yes. I actually wrote no, knowing that it was actually a yes for me. But I wrote no. I actually lied on the questionnaire in that moment. I do not recommend that at all. You know, those questionnaires are there in place. However, I had this concern that if I said yes, they wouldn't let me get tested. No, I don't know that that's true or not. Maybe it would actually just be a conversation. Maybe if I said yes... It would have been a conversation that would have led to um, still getting tested. But I had this fear, and I really wanted to know, and I didn't want anyone to take that out of my control, out of my hands. So I, I lied, and I said, no, I've never had those experiences. But, uh, you know, you have to do what's right for you. I don't re recommend that anybody ever lies in a questionnaire like that. I think you should be honest and truthful. I think it's there to help you and protect you and support you. So I did that, and... Um, and then, well, I you know, was about to get tested. They said you should plan out every part of your day, that day of getting tested. Have something fun to do. Have something where you don't have to think. Like, actually, what are you going to eat? Like, have a plan in place because it's such shocking news to find out that uh, it's really important that you have a structure to deal with it. So that structure I put in place, I was with my friend. He recommended don't going with a, not going with an immediate family member. Uh, because you might take on the emotions of that individual as well. You know, for a lot of us affected by Huntington's disease, we are not only concerned about our own future, but we're concerned about 
the feelings of our parents or our siblings uh, and how they will um, deal with this new information. So, you know, I really encourage you to take the time uh, to, to re- really just take the time. There's no rush. And, and, and so they, in this process, they had us bring someone else. I brought a friend that I talked to on the phone that, you know, really supported me in getting tested. I brought them. I knew they would be someone that would be kind of like a strong foundation, a secure person for me to be around at that time. I walked in to the, uh, to the room. There was a doctor on my right, um, counselor across from me, and my friend Jennifer on the left. And they went right into it. Literally no small talk. I was like, hello, okay, you're here to find your results. Here's your results, Simon. You're positive for the gene. You have 40 repeats. And dead silence in the room. It felt like, you know, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever. It felt like a long time. And I pictured taking my chair and throwing it against the wall and just punching everything. And because I was so angry. I was just so angry. And then... I'm so grateful for the training and coaching that I've had in the past that I just paused. I took a moment and I paused. And I got out of my head, you know, when you're in those thoughts and, and, and you may be in a room, but you don't even notice the room or the people in the room. You're just thinking about all those thoughts that you got swirling around. What does this mean? What about my future? Oh my God, this isn't the result I want, blah, blah, blah. All that, just noise in my head. So I got out of that headspace. And the only way I know how to get out of the headspace is to get present to what's going on in the room around me. And that could be like feeling your body. It could be looking at someone in the eye. It could be just noticing what is actually there in the room, really there. And so I looked at the doctor in the eye, and I looked at the counselor in the eye, and I looked at Jennifer in the eye, and I said, okay, this is what there is for me to deal with. This is not what I wanted, and I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this as a way to inspire people. I'm going to support people affected by the disease. And I'm going to use this to live a really great life for as long as I get to live it. And the counselor said to me, you know, that sounds like something you would say. And the doctor kept apologizing, which I hated. Kept saying, I'm sorry, over and over again. That just made me so mad. Because he wasn't being empathetic. He was being sympathetic. He was apologizing like, oh, that sucks for me. But to be honest, I wanted to be like, fuck you, man. You know, fuck your sorry. Fuck all that. I don't care about your sorry. Because we don't need that. Like, I, I, get, I get it. He's not wrong. He's not a bad person for saying that. He doesn't know what to do. I get it. You know, it's a tough position. But it doesn't help us um, in, uh, in dealing with it. It doesn't. And what am I supposed to say that? Oh, thanks. I don't want to say thank you. I don't say thank you for giving me the worst news of my life. So that getting in the room really helped. And... Um, I think I surely probably shocked him with my response as well. Um, but, you know, this is how I've looked at it. And that, you know, guys, that was 20, I was 25 then. I'm now uh, 29. And, uh, you know, here we are on a podcast talking about it, you know, and it's making a difference for people, whether it's one person. Like, that's a win to me. So I'm pumped up about that. I think, you know, the goal of this episode is to really get you aware of the risks, get you to take your time, um, get you to feel related to. I want to, I want you to experience empathy with me with this podcast. And uh, for you to just, you know, if you need to reach out, you can reach out, of course. But, uh, but just definitely don't feel rushed by any of it. And know that there's a team with you, okay? Know that there's a team. You know, I'm, I'm a perfect example of 
you know, I found out I'm positive and I'm living a life. You know, I'm living my life. I'm living a great life. I live in Bali. You know, I spend a lot of time here. I've got an amazing girlfriend. You know, I'm not letting anything stop me. Um, and, and, and that doesn't mean there isn't things to manage. That doesn't mean there aren't many difficult conversations to have. Um, those are all part of the package. But I, need, I want you to know that you can have them with, with, a, with a support around you. But you got to reach out for that support. You know, you got to ask for help. You know, you got to be responsible. This is what I also would say. You got to be responsible for your actions, okay? You're choosing to get tested. You be responsible that that's your choice. It's nobody else's. It's not my choice for you. It's not your parents' choice for you. That's your choice, okay? You got to be responsible for that. You got to be responsible for your mental health. Reach out for support. Reach out for help. You know, mental health, we look at it a little bit different than physical health. You break your leg. You know, you get sick. You go to the doctor. You go to the doctor. Someone helps you get to the doctor. You don't do that. You sit at home with a broken leg or the flu, or not the flu, but something really bad. You sit at home, you know, shit's going to happen to you. Bad stuff's going to happen to you, okay? So if you're dealing with your mental health issue, you know, this, this, this challenge with, mental, with your own mental health, you don't reach out for help, you know, it's going to get harder, okay? So reach out for that support. It's okay to reach out for support. It's okay, you know, to not always be the strong one. You don't have to be the strong one all the time. You got friends and family and people out there in the world who are ready to support you, not for them, for you, okay, so, so we're a team, anyways, I love you guys, I'm grateful for this opportunity to share with you, I'm grateful for you listening, again, please subscribe, please leave a comment, um, and please share our podcast, uh, Manny should be back soon, he's been full on with, uh, you know, leadership opportunities he's been taking on and supporting people, I'm excited to have him back, and I'm going to do some uh, interviews with other people as we go down this uh, glorious path together, love you guys so much, be courageous, you're not alone, and, uh, you know, grateful to be alive, grateful to get to share with you. It's a beautiful day to be alive, guys.